We now live in a world that seems like it's a never-ending sea of darkness. Perpetuated by social media, news outlets, and any other organization that seems to dehumanize anyone that disagrees with them. But we all have to remember one thing, and that is light. Even the smallest glimmer will always win out over the darkness. Welcome to the Nielsen Show. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Nielsen Show for this week's uh, podcast. So, I know everybody loves the Super Bowl, right? If in, even if it's just the commercials. Your team didn't make it. All right, well, then we're rooting for the commercials. Or you're rooting for your numbers on your uh, Super Bowl squares. Hey, whatever whatever you got to do, we're, we're all going to hopefully enjoy today. Uh, hopefully for me, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to bring home the Super Bowl trophy and you know because you never know teams go up and down all the time so for now i'm gonna try and take the win and you know a few years from now i'm gonna lose players and might not be as good anymore and even make it to the playoffs <laughs> uh, it's been a lot of years before we've had a, a good enough team to actually even look at saying oh wow we made it to the super bowl so today i'm rooting for the chiefs and uh you know when was the last one? 2019. So yeah, it's been a couple years. We we've been close, but just can't quite seal the deal. So hopefully, uh, it's a good game today, and uh, it's not going to be an easy one. I think against the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see how that goes today. I don't want to talk a little bit about where your food comes from and some of the challenges that farmers in general are facing, just due to the fact of rising costs and diesel fuel. Uh, and everything else, fertilizer, there is, uh, I mean, I don't think enough people understand, I mean, even your fast food, where that comes from. I mean, I, I guess it's just not taught, and so it's it's understandable why people don't know where it comes from. Oh, I just went to McDonald's or wherever else and had this big old hamburger. Where did the beef come from? Where did the, the lettuce come from? The cheese, the, you know, all this stuff. Not all of it comes from our American farmers. That's one thing because they have to outsource a lot of it just due to the fact that they sell so much, I guess. So for the farmers, the lower income forecast for this year, uh, it's not looking good. So here's an article here from Successful Farming. After record high profits for American farmers in 2022, farm expenses are expected to increase and farm income to decrease mildly throughout this year. The Economic Research Service released its first farm sector income forecast report for the calendar year on Tuesday. Net farm income, the full quota of overall farm profits, is projected at $136.9 billion compared to the $162.7 billion that farms received it last year. In the last two years, net cash income for farmers rose about 19% to the highest level on record, says Carrie Litkowski of the Economic Research Service. In 2023, net cash income, which includes cash receipts from farming, sales of commodities, or government payments, is forecasted to drop by 23% or $44.7 billion after adjusting for inflation. 
We saw back-to-back years of growth in net farm income, says Litkowski. This would put net farm income in 2022 at its highest since 1973. Despite these projected declines, analysts forecast that net farm and cash income measures will remain above their 10-year average. Farmers will receive less for their goods. Crop and livestock farmers will see decreases in earnings as their production-associated expenses increase. Crop receipts are expected to fall by $8.9 billion. However, farmers are predicted to keep more crops in storage longer, resulting in crop production value increasing by $7.2 billion. Quote, crop sales from inv- inventories are expected to be very small in 2023 on net, much less than last year, which resulted in a negative inventory adjustment, says Litkowski. The reason for the decline in cash earnings is the lower prices that farmers will receive for their commodities. It's quite the shift after last year, where all significant crops saw an 11% increase in receipts. Corn and soybeans and specialty crops such as cotton and fruit are projected to fall due to price changes. Wheat receipts may rise, but that is marginal, 4% higher than last year. That is because USDA saw an increase in wheat plantings in the previous year and expects a significant increase in quantity. That increase is not expected to be enough to offset the expected declines in other cash receipts, Litkowski says. Livestock receipts are expected to fall by $14.7 billion. Dairy and dairy businesses will see the most significant decline. A drop in milk prices will trickle down, leaving farmers $8.4 billion less in milk revenue. Most dairies' total net cash farm income is also forecasted to drop by 40%. This is after a large forecast increase in 2022. Egg prices are expected to drop by 24%. Huh, that's a good sign, maybe. <laughs> Formers, or farmers with lawyer... Uh, lawyer. <laughs> Man, I'm having a rough one here. Farmers with layer hens saw prices soar last year due to avian influenza. Production input costs will climb. Production expenses are projected to increase by 4%, an increase of $18.2 billion, and government payments such as crop insurance and dairy margin coverage will decrease by 5%. In 2020, during the pandemic, American farmers saw a record $45.6 billion in government pay- payments, but the revenues have declined each following year. Pandemic assistance is projected to be about $983.5 million in 2023. Since 2014, this year could be the lowest farmers will see with aid, says analysts. Production costs incurred by farmers will steadily increase throughout the year. In 2022, analysts estimate the total expenses for American farms were about 19% higher compared to past years. As 2023 rolls along, farmers could see a 4% increase in total expenses, which is still below the record high from 2014. This is also still way below some of the peaks we saw during the 1980s financial farm crisis, she says. However, there will be a minimal declines in costs associated with feed, rent, fuel, and fertilizer. As a result, fuel and oil is forecast to fall by 14.9%, with retail diesel prices dropping to 80 cents per gallon. Oh, dropping by. Wait, what? With retail diesel prices dropping to 80 cents per gallon, according to the Energy Information Agency. Man, could you imagine if diesel was 80 cents a gallon? That'd be awesome. (laughs) Especially if you own a diesel. (laughs) 
Despite the projected lower incomes for farms, a farm's equity values will continue to grow. Before the pandemic, farm sector equity had gradually increased by 14% in the last four years. Farm real estate Farm real estate values are the main driver for the increase and will continue to grow into 2023 by 3 to 5%, Litkowski says. Um, let's see. More farms will be supported by off-farm income. Um, many households rely on or primarily survive on off-farm farm income, Litkowski says. The median total of off-farm income is projected to have grown in the last two years, and the growth will remain stable throughout this year. Only a small portion of American farming households brand themselves as commercial farms, meaning their income is derived from farm sales. As a result, the USDA is projecting that these farms could see a 16% decrease in the total median household income due to lower prices the farmers will receive for their goods. Uh, so there's a show on Hulu that I've been watching. It's called the American farmer and it kind of goes, uh, you know, a documentary style, I guess that goes through a bunch of different farms across the U S and just shows some of the day-to-day life of what goes on on a farm. One's a dairy farm, uh, I think back in Tennessee, I believe another one's a farm here from central Utah. Uh, they're agricultural as far as calves. They start up a new section of the business that's hopefully going to take off for them with turkeys. But, you know, there's contracts with that stuff that you got to lock down. And sometimes they're not real beneficial to the farmer. And all of this is food supply stuff. You know, and, and goofy buggers like Bill Gates that thinks the world is uh, overpopulated. You know, to him being now the largest landowner of farmland, not necessarily him, but through a lot of his investment businesses that own more farmland than any uh, anybody else, I think, combined. If if I remember right, I can't remember that. I, that could be wrong. You could fact check that. <laughs> but he's just kind of he's a weird duck. So, I mean, if, if you've got that kind of mentality that you think the world is overpopulated then there's a good possibility that you might have something nefarious up your sleeve. I don't know. Just just talking out loud. <laughs> um, there is, I'm pretty sure I have a clip of him talking about that. You know, I don't trust the guy. He's got, I think, just too much, too much uh, dirtiness. Oh, let's see what... Uh, here's a little clip from here on my Instagram. Let's see. And if you are a climate change campaigner, but you also travel around the world on a private jet, you're a hypocrite. Here, hold on. Oh, let's I, start. Let's start that one over. Do everything? What, oh, what, what do you say to the charge? That if you are a climate change campaigner, but you also travel around the world on a private jet, you're a hypocrite. Well, I, I, by the gold standard of funding Climeworks to do direct air capture that far exceeds my family's carbon footprint. And I spend billions of dollars on, on climate innovation. So, you know, should I stay at home and not come to Kenya and learn about farming and malaria? Anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable with the idea that 
not only am I not part of the problem by paying for the offsets, but I also through the billions that my Breakthrough Energy Group is spending, that I'm part of the solution. So it doesn't matter because he's got the solution that he's making. So he's making money <laughs> off of these climate uh carbon capture or whatever the hell you want to call it. You know, I don't understand this whole carbon offset stuff. Is it like, oh, I bought a solar panel or something, so that's a carbon offset? I don't I don't quite understand what their deal is. But one thing is I don't trust people like him anyways to try and make or write policy for the rest of us to live under because he thinks he's not part of the problem because he his innovative company that's you know i don't even know what what company is that and what do they do are they doing anything really or is it just a name brand that gets government backing uh or these climate activists backing to say hey look i'm doing a good thing but all the while, I'm actually not doing anything with this company that I claim is doing good <laughs> for the world. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't trust the guy. I mean, just don't. So this Super Bowl, if you're having a party, where did all your food come from? Now, Bill Gates is also one of the people that is trying to push the whole we can eat bugs agenda to help save the planet. And now I don't know about you, but uh, I don't think the planet's got a problem with us. We just need to adapt to the changes, not claim something's happening that may or may not be really that dire of a situation. But I mean, it, it's it's good propaganda. I mean, how many kids these days have been taught this in school and they're, they're, what, I don't even know what they call it these days, but their climate change agenda, whatever, 2028 or something like that, I don't know, 2030, net, the net zero. How do you get net zero? I mean, it's not even an achievable goal. So what does net zero even mean? Because... Me breathing out right now is putting carbon dioxide into the air. Now, I know their main focus is anything that's a combustion engine. I mean, California's leading the way with that one. Um, the industry is making changes along the way with that. I mean, even in the farming industry, dealing with uh, the water side of it, my current job, uh, they're making solar panel wheel lines so if you don't know what that is it's usually like a big sprinkler system that runs a pipe with a bunch of wheels sometimes you know over a quarter mile long with a, a centralized mover they call a mover in the middle so it has a, a water hookup about every 30 feet or 60 feet something like that and typically there's a small little gas powered engine you have to walk out to the field fire that thing up and it's got a little lever on it you just you know you disconnect your water off the one side and then you walk it forward till it gets to the next one and you put it in park turn the motor off 
and then go hook your water line up and then you water that section. A lot of it's just rectangular fields that you can't put a pivot up in. Uh, so the new technology, and I think, you know, the new technology is pretty cool and it makes a lot of sense as long as it's worth the money. Cause it is a little more expensive and cause it is a newer technology and we know how that works. Anything new that comes out, it's going to cost you a lot more. And then the longer it's been out, the, the more the price comes down. So these movers have a solar panel on them. And they've got a uh, electric engine, or not an engine, electric motor in there that runs off a couple batteries that charge up. And the cool thing is, is it has a remote. So you can sit right at the edge of the field where your water tie-in is on the one side and disconnect your water, hit the remote. You want to walk it forward or backwards, go to your next hookup without having to walk clear to the middle of your wheel line firing it up, move it forward, and then walk clear back out of your field, especially if it's wet there. I mean, some of these fields are just mucky messes when they've been watered and you got to walk through it. It's fine if that's all you're doing is walking the, the wheel line forward and you don't have to walk out there. And it's going to save so much more time. I mean, because typically these wheel lines get moved. I, I don't know how often they move them, but quite a few times. They'll water one area for a couple hours or half a day or whatever. I don't know what it is, depending on what they're growing. Uh, most of the time I've seen it on alfalfa feed, you know, hay fields for, you know, feed for cattle usually. Or they just sell it in the open market to different ranches and different things like that. Or the private buyer that just needs some for their own animals. So... It's cool technology. It's it's definitely getting there. And I don't have anything against that. But what I do have against what they're trying to do by essentially just telling everybody else, no, you must drive an electric car. No, you must do this. You must do that. That's the part I don't like. Because right now they're trying to push it so hard without a good alternative to what we're already using with the fossil fuels. I mean, I don't know about you, but I like being able to just go in there and turn my thermostat up or down, depending on the time of year it is, and having climate control right here in my house. I mean, there's a lot of places around the world that people would die to have the stuff we have. In the middle of Africa, where it's 100 and some odd degrees during the summer, how many people down there would love to have an infrastructure that they could go in their huts or their homes, you know, more modern homes that would be energy efficient even, and just turn on the thermostat, you know, because they've got natural gas lines running through their cities and their towns, and they can turn on the AC unit because they've got an electric grid. And it was cheap. That would change the world. But the way the agenda's going is we can't, we cannot put all these nuclear power plants around the world. It is just too dangerous. We're killing the planet. And it's just the same stupid lines over and over again. So we'll all suffer equally. <laughs> oh, except the, you know, people like Bill Gates and the people that, you know, can do whatever they want because they bought carbon offsets. 
whatever those are. <laughs> you know, I'm all I'm all for cleaning up our our rivers, our lakes, our air, all that stuff. But I'm not going to do it by punishing everybody else. When the technology's there and it's affordable, let's talk. But until then, we can't just say everybody's got to drive an electric car, you know, because everybody's doing that now. Now, Toyota, if there's, I'll have to do a little more research on it. I've just seen kind of a promo commercial about it. Is their hydrogen-powered engine that runs a generator for electric motors. Now, that, to me, is brilliant and makes sense. Or even... I don't know, let's say being able to make technology for a combustion engine that say, I don't know, can get 50 miles a gallon instead of maybe 20. I mean, because certain vehicles are getting over 30. So why the attack on all of this stuff, on fossil fuels, that we're not getting, it's not benefiting the world. I mean, because if you really want to look at it, the, our CO2 output is actually greening the planet. They try and equate it to its global warming because of all the CO2 in the atmosphere. It's a, a greenhouse gas, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we got to stop eating meat. We can't have as many cattle anymore because they fart and put out methane. I mean, really, I mean, I I just can't take it too much anymore because they're just not making... If they made logical sense about why they thought that way, and I mean, people like AOC that's running around, I don't know if she's just using it as a scare tactic to get people to keep reelecting her, which so far seems like it's worked. Uh, it just goes to show me how uneducated a lot of people are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our founders created a constitution for a reason, and that was to limit the powers of government, not give them more power, which they seem to just steamroll over all of us anyways and just take whatever power they deem necessary to get their agendas through. That's not freedom. That's not America. It's not what America was founded on, and they would love nothing more than to dissolve the Constitution and or, like they've tried to claim before, it's a it's an old document. It needs to get up with the times. It's like, well, you know what? Sometimes them old documents are tried and true and they work. Socialism, communism, all those other things have been tried. And guess what? They didn't work and still don't work. Look at the countries that are still using them. Look at the oppression that China pushes on its own people. All while trying to say, we're the People's Republic of China. We're not the Communist China. Oh, well, okay, whatever you want to tell everybody. The only people that are going to believe that are the people that got their heads in the sand. So, our national security, I mean, right now, we're potentially pushing for World War Three. China's trying to push on to Taiwan, which as far as I understood, where is like 
we've sworn to protect them. I mean, the word that's where all of our chips come from for our vehicles and a lot of other stuff. Because, well, one thing, it's cheap labor. And, you know, Taiwan is trying to diversify out into other countries. Supposedly they're going to build a plant, I think, in Arizona and possibly another one in South America, something like that. I think they're just trying to get out from underneath, uh, which what might be an imminent attack on Taiwan. And under our current president, I don't know that he would even, unless, unless the war hawks in Congress and the industrial military complex have anything to say about it. If they attack Taiwan, they'll be itching to just say, we're ready. You just keep forking us over that blank check and we'll keep providing the military hardware to fight them. And then I'm sure, you know, evil evil Russia is going to be involved in there too. Them and China have kind of been cozying up to each other, which I, in a way I can't blame Russia. Not that they had any right to just invade Ukraine. I mean, that's not right for any other country to do, but it seems like we've done that all over the place. We just go and, oh, you know, false information. There's weapons of mass destruction. So let's go fight a 20-year war against the Taliban and everybody else that, you know, basically just would probably leave us alone if we'd keep quit menacing in their own personal stuff over there. You know, they say, oh, it's not for oil, but all in all, a lot of the times it's been for oil, even though we we smash our own general, our, our localized production here in the U.S. I mean, one of the best things that Trump ever did in there was just get rid of the regulations that make it hard for our own domestic product of energy and our own oil drilling. It's like, yeah, I don't want to see the landscape covered in freaking uh, oil wells everywhere, just as bad as anybody else doesn't. But I also don't want it covered in windmills and solar panels. I've seen so many solar farms. Now, yeah, that's the thing, a solar farm, because a lot of these farmers are selling out because it, they're making a hell of a lot more money either leasing their, their land to these solar farms or just outright selling it to whatever energy company is putting them up. And we're talking, you know, lots of acreage. And if you're paying attention when you're driving anywhere, you'll you'll see them everywhere. They're all over the deserts down in Nevada. Uh, Arizona has them. Utah's getting a lot of them. Idaho's starting to get some. And Elon Musk, I think I seen a little deal of him saying that, oh, it would only take like uh, a few thousand square miles to produce a certain amount of, I don't remember what he was saying, to offset a lot of these power plants. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's knows something the rest of us don't. <laughs> So I don't know. I just do not like the the site. Oh, oops. Sorry. Pushing buttons here. Um, I thought I had that clip, but maybe... Maybe I did. Oh, so yeah. There's an article of... Uh, China threatens repercussions for downed spy balloon. Reserves the right to take further actions in response. Um, what do you think would happen if we just decided to 
fly one of uh, made up a balloon like that and flew it over China. I think they would shoot it down and probably trying to find out what secrets are in that thing or what it was doing. I'm pretty sure they'd do the same thing. Now they claim that it was uh, some weather balloon from some other agency or whatever, and who knows? There's so many different articles I've read on this stuff that I don't even know what's true anymore. <laughs> but our national our national security in general, through a lot of different angles, is not really that secure. I mean, I don't I don't know what the deal is with the southern border, why the Democrats are fighting back so hard to try and say, hey, look. Let's just know who's coming in and out of our country. We know that cartels run drugs and people and whatever else across the guns. Actually, guns usually go south into Mexico. Not as many of them come north. Uh, the people come north. The drugs come north. The guns and the money go south. But it's just, you know, not a problem. Because uh, I think what we've heard recently is, oh, well, we, you know, here we go again. Let's, we just got to make all these people citizens. And uh, the Democrat Party is just going to be out there cow-toeing to all of them to get them to vote for Democrats. Because we've already had a lot of states that have decided they're just going to let non-citizens vote in their elections. I don't know how that's legal or how anybody's letting that happen. New York City, I think, was one of them that was doing it. So we're getting turned upside down from inside out. And I don't know what their real answer is to try and fix that, but it does seem like there are some politicians that are starting to fight back. And one of them happens to be they're having these hearings in Washington over the big tech companies and their collusion with FBI, CIA, different government agencies, basically shadow banning uh, or just outright banning people's accounts that they didn't agree with. And a lot of that stuff's been coming to light after the acquisition of Twitter by Elon Musk, which, you know, he seems to be a free speech advocate. So we'll see how that all comes out here. And uh, we'll take a break real quick. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. I'm going to try and keep this a little bit shorter this this week. So um, I'm just going to go to the things from my Instagram. So here we go with a little Nick Freitas again. I have noticed that some of the most far-left politicians talking about private sector greed are really, really good at taking what other people have earned in order to distribute it in ways that help their re-election, all while never really improving the lives of the people they claim to care about. I have no hmm, interesting, isn't it? The revolving door of money in and out of politicians' coffers and the never-ending re-election cycle. <laughs> They're always going to these uh, dinners and different things like that to raise money for the party and for their, essentially, re-election. <laughs> um, so another one, uh, the Dream Rare is anomaly i don't know if anybody if you follow him on instagram or not so he had a, a post that was 
I find it hard to believe that a Chinese balloon can go across the entire country and they couldn't find a location to down it before it got to the ocean without it harming civilians. Do you believe that excuse? I don't. From Bloomberg. Bloomberg reports the Biden admin was first aware the Chinese spy balloon entered U.S. airspace one week ago on 128 and had opted not to inform the American public about it until the Billings Gazette published a photo of the balloon on Thursday. Hmm. Mary Shelbourne posted, Mr. Biden ordered that the high-altitude balloon be shot down after it was spotted and reported by civilians in a commercial airliner. U.S. officials said the Pentagon opposed the move, fearing civilian casualties. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the high-up officials in the Pentagon, you know, the people that are tasked with national defense and have the biggest bloated budget of the next 27 countries in the whole world? They couldn't have shot it down over the coast. I mean, do our radar systems not work anymore? Do we need to give you another, uh, just a a trillion dollars? Do we need to give you a trillion dollar budget there, Mr. Pentagon? The balloon poses no safety threat to civilians, despite conflicting narratives from U.S. and Chinese officials, but that hasn't stopped people from tracking its route. That was from NPR, another subsidized thing we don't need. Uh, election wizard posts breaking Chinese spy balloon has been shot down by the U S military. And that was after it had gone all the way across the United States out to the Atlantic ocean. And then Thomas Massey tweets in, if Biden shoots down the balloon, it will be the first thing he's ever done to combat inflation. (laughs) Hey, you know what? The left can't meme. It's true. Um, Oh, well, this is, this is <laughs> par of the course. Uh, Lib talk, uh, Libs of TikTok posted a picture of a dispenser in a men's bathroom at the universe, Vanderbilt University of none other than tampons and pads. Ah. <sighs> All I can say is, what are these morons doing? In in the whole thing of this, we got to be inclusive and we've got to just go totally 180 batshit crazy to appease people with, in my opinion, a mental disorder. Okay, dudes, what are you going to do with that tampon, huh? What are you going to do? Stick it up your pee hole? It doesn't work that way. Put a pad on. You might if you're gonna put a pad in your underwear or panties. Maybe you're wearing panties because you think you're a woman. I don't know. But what the hell is going on in our universities? I mean, I'll say it again. Be very careful if you think your child has to go to college. Cause this isn't just Vanderbilt. This is a, all your big universities are doing this stuff, it seems like. Uh, there are options if you look around that they're not pushing this stuff, but there's no need for a special class of citizens that just get to do whatever they want. There's already enough. I I just have to go back to the, we need to protect our women. 
actual biological women, not dudes that think they're a woman or pretend to be a woman so they can get in the girls' locker room. Yeah, that's that's happening as well in our universities. And then when the girls complain about it, they basically get told to go pound sand because they have to cater to these people that more than likely have a mental disability or a chemical imbalance or whatever's going on in their body. But, whoa, we can't talk about that. We can't study what's going on in these people's brains or their bodies or anything like that because that is just going to hurt their feelings. I don't give a crap. Let's hurt their feelings a little bit and let's figure out what the hell the problem is here. Because you can't be a man if you're a woman, a biological, and you can't be a woman if you're a man. Just does not work that way. You can think you're a freaking unicorn from from uh, Venus. I don't know. You can think that, but it's not going to make it true. Just does not work that way. <sighs> Anyways, next one. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, well, there's some other good news. Satanic Temple to open the world's first religious abortion clinic offering abortion rituals. Hey, there you go. There's a win for all you pro-choicers. <laughs> uh, what does it say? It says, how proud pro-abortion leftists must be to be on the same side as Satanists. The Satanic Temple is proudly unveiling what it has described as the world's first religious abortion clinic. Oh, okay. Where it will offer abortion rituals. It is mockingly named the facility after Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito's mother. As the justice penned the opinion overturning Roe v. Wade, a move saving countless unborn lives. The Satanic Temple's TST Health is described as a collaborative of reproductive rights advocates and abortion care providers contracted and directed by the Satanic Temple to advance its reproductive, reproductive religious rights campaign. It plainly states its goal of expanding access for mothers to terminate the lives of their unborn children, as well as, as expanding what it describes as TST's abortion ritual. TST TST Health describes the abortion ritual as a protective rite designed to cast off unwanted feelings. Oh, here we go. Feelings again. Associated with taking the life of an unborn child. According to TST Health, the ritual involves spoken words exclusively and includes reciting the third tenet of the Satanic Temple. Quote, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. And the fifth, Beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Huh, that's weird. Because uh, scientifically fact is that is another human being. A baby, in fact. If we want to get into facts. Not belief that it's a blob of cells. You freaking morons. Article goes on here to say science, however, shows that a baby's heartbeat begins around 21 days and they can begin to feel pain in the first trimester when many abortions take place. Brainwave activity also begins at six weeks as their limbs and organs begin to take form. The facility, Samuel Alito's mom's satanic abortion clinic. <laughs> I mean, just that name in itself is just 
absurd. <laughs> uh, it's set to open in New Mexico. Oh, well, there's a good place where all the kooks are anyways. On February 14th, and it will offer telehealth visits for those who wish to participate in TST's satanic abortion ritual in states where abortion has been banned. It will also prescribe abortion pills for $90. Oh. That's cheap, which the Satanic Temple said will be discreetly mailed to them by TST Health's pharmacy partner. However, it noted that those seeking an abortion must be in the state and the pills delivered to a New Mexico address due to state law. So essentially, they're just saying uh, a baby's life is only worth $90. <laughs> oh, that's swell. Okay, well. Uh, other things from my Instagram here. Uh, I I need to get video where I can add stuff in because it's just a funny, funny meme. You know, I I don't know if you like Napoleon Dynamite or not, but Uncle Rico is bringing him and Kip. They're sitting there eating steak on the porch, you know, and he's talking about, oh, in 82, it could take state. They would have, you know, whatever. I could throw a mount, uh, football over a mountain, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, watch this. You know, it's typically where Napoleon's riding his bike down the road and he flings a steak at him and hits him in the side of the head. <laughs> but it shows the balloon, the spy Chinese spy balloon. He's like, watch this and hucks the steak. And then it shows the balloon being shot down by the missile. And then uh, Kip's all, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, the memes are freaking hilarious. Oh, let's see. Three three reasons men should continue to work out after they get married by Nick Freitas. Men, should you continue to work out once you're married? Because after all, you got her. Well, I'd say there's three reasons why you should. Because when you married her, you promised to provide, protect, and love your wife. So working out is important when it comes to providing because I don't care what job you have. If you're healthy, you can do it longer and you can provide longer and better. Then there's protect. Bottom line is you probably never have to get into a situation with a physical altercation to protect your wife. But if you do, she should know you can go more than one round. And finally, you promise to love. And if you want to make your wife happy, you should also be able to go more than one round. (laughs) Ah, Hilarious. Now, my wife is so loving of me because she knows I like I like to work out. I don't do it as often as I should, but she bought me the Bowflex uh, adjustable weight system, whatever. I don't know what the technical name is for it. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, it's got its own little rack things you stick back in there. You adjust the weight dials on the sides to add or subtract weight to it, depending on what you're doing. Um, it goes up to, I think, 50 pounds per side. Oh, I'm not that strong, so yeah, calm down. Um, but it is, it is nice. You can do a lot of free weight exercises with one set of dumbbells. So just something to think about, but, um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, I'm going to go down the list here cause I got a lot of old stuff in here that I need to just clean out. So, um, uh, Rand Paul's annual Festivus report, 482 trillion 270 oh wait no that's 482 billion 276,543 oh wait no that is billion okay 482 billion 276 million 543,907 dollars in government waste and that's probably not even really all of it oops 
Uh, Senator Rand Paul on Friday continued the annual tradition. So this is an older, older post. I don't remember from how long ago, but probably December. Uh, Senator Rand Paul. Annual tradition of celebrating Festivus, airing out his many grievances as it relates to government waste. Yeah, well, I'd say that's probably not even all of it. Paul's 2022 Festivus report highlights 400, well, I'd give you the number, in government waste and includes 2.3 million used by the National Institutes of Health, or NIH, for an experiment involving injecting puppies with cocaine. Hmm, that sounds like a wonderful use of our tax dollars. 202,000 used by the Department of Defense on Starbucks espresso machines and 3 million for the construction of a Gandhi museum. <laughs> this will be the 10th year in a row that I've celebrated Festivus with you by celebrating by celebrating I mean that I have a little fun at the expense of Washington. If we don't laugh we might cry. Paul wrote before sharing some of the highlights of the report to his social media page and invoking the infamous Seinfeld quote from Frank Costanza. I've got a lot of problems with you people. According to Paul, the DOD wasted millions this year, including $28 million on camouflage uniforms that did not work. <laughs> the NIH also wasted a significant amount of money. That includes $2.1 million on encouraging, encouraging Ethiopians to wear shoes. Yeah, it's uh, what? Oh my goodness! Uh, Two point three million injecting bald or beagle puppies with cocaine. One point one million on training mice to binge drink alcohol, and over five hundred nineteen thousand dollars using mice to study racial aggression, and one hundred eighty-seven thousand five hundred on verifying that kids love their pets. Now, to me, that sounds like a money laundering scheme myself. You can make up some any kind of bogus freaking study that you just said you concluded and make up a bunch of shit. And guess what? You just walked off with a crap load of money. <laughs> uh, who says crime doesn't pay? Because, well, you know, your politicians around this country are the ones that are putting this crap in these ginormous bills. Uh, let's see, 18 wasteful items in their $1.7 trillion spending bill. Trillion dollar spending bill that they're trying to shove through before Christmas to avoid a government shutdown. But you probably haven't heard about some of the most egregious forms of spending in this bill. Americans should be pleased to know that they will be giving another $45 billion to Ukraine. That's in addition to the $66 billion that we've already given them. Also, Zelensky said that's not enough. We'll also be giving $1.5 to the COVID-19 American History Project. The bill includes $575 million for reproductive health, and that includes in areas where lawmakers think population growth threatens biodiversity. $3.6 million will be used to establish a Michelle Obama trail in Georgia. Over $11 million is earmarked for LGBT projects across the country. Of course, that includes $3 million for the LGBTQ plus museum in New York City. How about $65 million for salmon-related projects? Or $410 million on border security in other countries? And is D.C. interested in the Ukrainian Independence Park? Because they're getting one. Billions and billions. Merry Christmas, America. <laughs> yeah, right, huh? And uh, when asked... 
why can we not balance the budget? Or, you know, why don't we start making cuts to the budget? And their response is, there's just nothing to cut. <laughs> uh, I'd rather laugh because it'd just make me cry. Anyways, what is this one here? The Hebrews created history as we know it. You don't get away with anything. And so you might think you can bend the fabric of reality and that you can treat people instrumentally and that you can bow to the tyrant and violate your conscience without cost. You will pay the piper. It's going to call you out of that slavery into freedom, even if that pulls you into the desert. And we're going to see that there's something else going on here that is far more cosmic and deeper than what you can imagine. The highest ethical spirit to which we're beholden is presented precisely as that spirit that allies itself with the cause of freedom against tyranny. And yes, exactly. Is that I want villains to get punished. But do you want the villains to learn before they have to pay the ultimate price? That's such a Christian question. Hmm. I love Jordan Peterson. He's probably the, the most brilliant Canadian I know <laughs> or know of. <laughs> I mean, we do have other ones that are, uh, oh, it's repeating itself. One thing I hate about Instagram. Um, yeah. Got another one here. Let me see. Sorry. Sorry for the silence. Uh, here's another one enjoying this long Christmas weekend, the Biden administration was working to bury information about the total collapse on our southern border. Now, in a late Friday night document dump just days before Christmas, the Biden administration disclosed the total number of illegal migrants that were encountered by border authorities was more than 230,000 in the month of November alone. Now, this is by far the largest number of migrants encountered in the month of November in the history of this country. And to give you some perspective, last November, there were less than 175,000 illegal migrants that were encountered at the border. And keep in mind, these are just the people that our Border Patrol was able to intercept. Hmm, something to think about there, huh? That was uh, Tulsi Gabbard. You know, I think she's been actually coming around to... Uh, what they call the red pill, <laughs> and uh, starting. I mean, she's a she's a smart lady, uh, but she used to be super liberal. You know, when she was running for president, there was a lot of things that she was proposing that you know didn't make a whole lot of conservative sense. Um, but you know, I think she's starting to see the truth a little bit more, and is willing to actually look into things a little more. Uh, I'm sure she still holds some of those more liberal values, which is fine. The diversity is great. Uh, but she's starting to bring things to the forefront. And that's why the Democrats don't like her anymore. She's basically not a Democrat anymore. She, I think, moved to independent. But, yeah, I mean, people, people are slowly waking up. Like I said, no matter how dark things seem to be getting... There's always, the light will always overpower the dark, no matter what. So we just got to keep that in mind as we go forward and try and convey what is wrong in other people's thinking, but not by like just downgrading them, basically, you know, not 
being condescending, which I sometimes do that, uh, not really thinking about it. <laughs> I don't mean to. I'm, I'm trying to be a better person, people. Uh, let's see. What is this? Handbook for 2023. If Bill Gates is involved, avoid it. If Brandon says it's true, it's false. If the CDC, FDA say it's safe, it's dangerous. If Congress makes a law to help you, it will eventually hurt you. And if the media agrees, it's a lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that pretty much about sums it up. Um... All right, what does so the conservative movement do to fight back and win? Right now, it's about elections. If we're not ballot harvesting legally, whatever we can do, if we're not playing the game that they're playing, you could run you know, someone just shy of Jesus Christ himself right now against the dumbest and most radical liberal and not win. Right? That's the game right now. You know, People are going to argue about who's the better candidate. As far as I'm concerned, at this point, if we're not addressing those issues, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, that's going to be a harsh thing for people to hear or believe. That's the reality. We have to be playing the game the way the Democrats do. Maybe once we regain power, we can change the system. We can make it fair. We can make it that magically, you know, the ballot harvest, the ballot machines uh, in the conservative counties are the only ones that never seem to work. That once you go past midnight, it always seems to go one way. We can change it and do something like every other country in the world does where they have fair elections. They can figure out these things on the same day. Until we're actually in control to make those changes, we have to be playing the game on the battlefield set by the other side. That's not an easy task, but that's frankly the only thing that we need to address right now. We're not losing on issues. I can promise you that. There's not even left-leaning parents that want their three-year-old to be having conversations with their radical leftist purple-haired teacher about changing their gender. That ain't happening. Okay, The average leftist, and I know this even before Twitter sort of became more neutral, uh, I could post about men in women's sports, biological men in women's sports, and people who hate my guts would say, I hate Don's guts, but he's right about this one. We're not losing on those issues, and those are the issues that are the hills to die on of today's Democrat Party. We're not losing on the fact that people are spending twice at the pump what they used to pay. We're not losing on the fact that uh, we don't want to be in a nuclear war with Russia. Uh, we're not losing on inflation and what's going on in the economy. We're winning all of those issues, but none of that matters if we're not playing the game at the ballot box, if we're not playing the games uh, the way we need to be playing them on election day. We have to adapt those techniques. We can't be adapting what the radical left does. They weaponize COVID. They change systems, whether legally or illegally, it didn't matter, and they're probably never going back because they control enough of the systems, especially in the swing states, where it doesn't matter. It has to be our number one focus, and there's nothing even close as far as I'm concerned. Well, I hate to say it, but he's got a point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, 2024 is not that far away. Um, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of other places have contemplated this as well with all of the supposed documents at Biden's uh, old office, you know, that were supposedly all classified documents and stuff, you know, the same thing he railed on uh, President uh, Trump for having classified documents in a, in a secure location at Mar-a-Lago. And this is after he was president of the United States uh, and constitutionally can declassify anything he wants. So there should have never been, I mean, first of all, there should have never been an FBI raid on an ex-president's home 
for this stuff. I mean, it was all a pretty much a big dog and pony show. And, you know, the people at the top that are doing all this are the ones that need to be drug out in front of the cameras and prosecuted to the full extent of the law if we ever think we're going to get any change in this country. Because it's the corruption that's getting away with more corruption. And the ones doing that corruption are the ones getting away with it. Because we all know if it was any of us doing any of this stuff, you'd never see it on the news. And you'd be locked away like a lot of these January 6th people that really probably had nothing to do with a whole lot there. But being at the Capitol and being uh, basically punished to try and show force, I think, more or less that if you try and go against us, the U.S. government, you will pay the ultimate price. I mean, still still going on. There's still people being sentenced, like egregiously sentenced, just for being there. I don't know how many people they had gone through and just made basically it known that you were there we're going to question you we're going to we're going to use scare tactics essentially to do i don't know what increase their power over people i guess but you know Donald Trump Jr he's got a point uh, we've seen these elections since Donald Trump won the last time Totally take a 180 the other direction in a lot of places that would make or break elections and certain uh, not states, congresses making the changes, but left-leaning judges saying, oh, no, you can just do this. It's like it's not their job to do that. It's written in the Constitution that the states, congresses must make these changes. Not an arbitrary judge. And, you know, like you said, the the left's not going to like it, but we almost have to play the game. If we want to start making changes in this country, because eventually it's going to be so backwards that the only way we're going to be able to make any changes is to physically fight back. And I really hope it doesn't get to that, but if it does... Not going to be pretty. So anyways, I think I'm going to end this podcast right here. You've heard me babble on enough, and uh, I've always got plenty more stuff as far as the... Um, uh, uh, there's another one here about Bill Gates and how to avoid the climate disaster, but I don't want to end that. End it on that one. Actually, I think I'll end it with this one right here. A proud American. This does not affect people of color. By the way, we all have a color. I have a color. You have a color. Stop this nonsense about black American and Hispanic American. We're all Americans. When you live here, when you take the pledge that I did on March the 5th, 1998, I became an American, period. We're all Americans. I'm tired of this victimhood nonsense that people come and parade before us 
and they pull out the violin and everybody's got to be so sympathetic because of your tears. I did it the right way. I waited and I didn't gripe. I didn't burn the flag. I love America. God bless the United States of America. I'm proud to be an American. And I got elected because I studied the Constitution and the people that voted for me recognize that I love this country. And all of us that are in this room need to stop playing games. We are a nation of laws. And that's why people want to come to Florida, because we do things the right way. We don't allow crime. We don't allow people to run rampant through our streets. We don't waste the taxpayers' money. We do it the right way.